0: Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. I'm Marcia. The message today is a house divided. The key is making sure our heart is in the right place at all times. If you are wondering how our heart keeps a house together, we will discover here that a house is more than a dwelling in which we live. My key verse, Psalms 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's talk about a Pharisee spirit, because a Pharisee spirit can divide a house. And we will go to Matthew, chapter 12, verse 22 to 28. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man, who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him, so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished, and said, Could this be the Son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, They said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan... He is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Belzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The Pharisees accused Jesus of operating from the spirit of Beelzebub, a demon. And as we just read, Jesus told them a house cannot be divided against itself. Something to think about. How was Jesus operating by the spirit of Satan when he was doing good things to help people and his purpose is for us to have salvation? and not go to hell. The miracles of Jesus helped many people. If he was operating by the power of Satan, the good he did would have contradicted the purpose of Satan, which is to kill still and destroy. There are plenty of false teachers and fake healers, but their mission is to deceive you and destroy you. They are the ones operating under the power of Satan, the demon Beelzebub. Those God has called to do a work must continue. Though they may be mocked or criticized, not everyone will like the messenger. But we can always do a fact check with God. We simply just pray and ask Him if the person was sent by him. If we ask him, he will give us an answer. The message and the work of the person doing it cannot be divided from God who sent them. It's important that we not pass judgment on God's true messengers, but understand that each work according to the Spirit of the Lord and how he leads, guides, and directs. The Pharisees were a strict religious group of Jews. They were very strict in following the Jewish law and tradition. They were about obeying God and believed in the resurrection of the dead, but they would not accept Jesus as the Messiah. They found every opportunity to find fault with Jesus in anything that he said and did. They watched him to see what he would do next. Thank God Jesus was not here to follow the tradition of men, but to do a work. We accuse people of evil works because of misinformation, lack of understanding. We may not like the messenger, we may not trust the messenger. The Pharisees did not like the messenger, who was Jesus. In Mark 3, 1, 4, it says, Another time he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. It says in verse 5, he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. This is what I call a Pharisee spirit, holding on to the traditions of men, very religious, finding fault. Because things were not done according to man's tradition. And in our present day, we have to be careful that we don't develop that same spirit. Because things do not happen according to the tradition of men. In truth, they're not going to or they shouldn't. Not when God is leading and guiding us to do it his way. It may not look like what we are used to seeing, but that's just it. God moves and works in mysterious ways, and his ways are not going to be dictated by man, and they're not going to look like man, and they shouldn't. Ironically, for their uppity behavior and their arrogance, Their character was totally out of sync with how God wants our character to be. They criticized Jesus because he sat with sinners, but Jesus was here to save souls. But according to a Pharisee, you don't communicate with, you don't hang out with sinners. What spirit were they holding on to? because it was not the Spirit of God. Another way we can be a house divided is fighting against those who are with us, meaning if the person is a true, genuine man and woman of God, and they are serving God, then they are with us. They may not go to our church. They may not live in our town. But if they're not serving Satan and they are serving God, they are with us. Jesus' disciple, John, told him that he came upon a man who was rebuking the devil in the name of Jesus. And, and John said to Jesus that he and the other disciples forbade that man to do that. And Jesus told him, Do not forbid them. If they are working on our behalf, they are with us. But John felt like just because that man did not follow Jesus as he and the other disciples did, that he should be forbidden to do that work. But in truth, he was a follower of Jesus. He just wasn't in their personal group. So we don't want to hinder our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ from doing their work. We want to encourage them and support them. We don't want to forbid them, block them, or stop them. That exchange between John and Jesus can be found in Mark 9, 37 and 40. My third and last example of a house divided is related to secret faults. It says in Psalm nineteen twelve, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Our secret faults can come from doing something in ignorance, not realizing that it is a sin. Things that are beyond ordinary human understanding. Sometimes we sin by saying or doing something we did not know was a sin until we learn about it because God placed someone in our path to explain it. Or we came upon it when we were reading God's word. It says in Psalms 90 verse 8, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. And Psalms one thirty nine two tells us, Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understand my thought afar off. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 4, verse 2 through 35, God is telling the people and the priest what to do when someone commits a sin out of ignorance. And the reason I'm going to read verse 2 only and verse 35 only is to show that we do sin out of ignorance. Leviticus verse 2 tells us, "Speak unto the children of Israel saying, if a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done and shall do against them. And God goes on to tell the priest what needs to be done. And there are different sacrifices that have to be made if this is committed by the people. And then in verse 35, it says, And he shall take away all the fat thereof, as the fat of the lamb is taken away from the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar, according to the offerings made by fire unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for his sin that he hath committed and it shall be forgiven him. So these verses show that a person can sin through ignorance. And this can be found in the book of Leviticus, verse 2 through 35 of chapter 4. We no longer have to offer blood sacrifices on an altar. We simply can come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness of our sins now. It is good practice to ask for forgiveness of sins daily. When you think about it, going through a day, there are volumes of thoughts that cross our minds. We interact with a lot of people, and that does not count the things that we do physically, including our behavior. But as we start our day, it is spiritually good practice to ask God to forgive us any sins we knowingly or unknowingly commit. Those secret faults. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is why it's important to clear and cleanse our heart and spirit daily. Psalms 139.23 and 24 are very effective in this process. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. These scriptures were my key scriptures in opening this message. Psalms 19, 13, and 14 says, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us ask God to cleanse us of the Pharisee spirit, that doubt, fault-finding, they will never hinder a person from doing God's work, those that he has called to genuinely do a work for him. But they can, however, hinder us from receiving his word. Let us remember to count all who genuinely serve God as our brothers and sisters in Christ, giving them support where needed. And let us ask God to search our hearts daily and bring forth any defilement that is in us to the forefront. This heart and spirit check will keep us on track with God. My closing prayer. Lord, a house divided does not begin with our physical dwelling. It starts in our heart and our spirit, your spiritual temple. I pray we focus on the cleansing process that will place us in alignment with who you have called us to be. In the name of Jesus, amen.